Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. As always, so very, very happy to be with you today. I hope that you have been making the most of each moment, that you have been taking time to reflect on how you move through the world, what impact you have on your life and the lives of people around you. That's important because whether we think about it or not, we are affecting others. We, as human beings, are not alone, not really. And even during this elongated period where many of us have been home, feeling isolated, at least many of us have, we still affect other folks. But now that our world is opening up and we're able to move more freely and re-engage with others, I really want us to sit back and think about how we're doing it. What choices are you making as you move in the world that are serving you? What have you learned from this time when you've been at home that you can apply to how you engage other people and just how you move through space? I think it's so important for us to think about that because we have this almost fresh start that we can engage in because we've had such a long period of time where there was a pause, at least a pause in the way that we normally in the past lived. Um, so what does that mean? What does it mean for you to step back into the fullness of your life, the fullness of being with other people, what can be different? What do you want to carry forward that you think works very well for you? What do you want to let go of? What doesn't serve you anymore? As I was thinking about this, it occurred to me that one of the things that I want to do and that I'm hoping that many of you want to do is to really treasure the relationships that I have and make sure that I treat the people that I care about, that I call my friends as a friend. And so it got me to thinking about what does it mean to be a good friend? And that took me to my mother, Doris Cole, who's 91 years old. When we were growing up, she would tell us all the time, you should be able to count your friends on one hand. If you have five friends or less, you're doing fine. If you have too many people you call friends, they probably aren't really your good friends. Treasure the ones you have, but don't try to have such a huge collection of them that it's hard for you to tend to those friendships. And I have thought about that often. She, at 91, still has a group of friends who are her contemporaries, who are living their lives the very best they can, um, exercising their minds and their bodies to be the best that they can be, engaging each other still, right now, 91, with the support of their children and sometimes grandchildren. They have, over this past year, they've had Zoom gatherings where they, just like we do, 
somebody sets it up for them. Or one of one of my mother's friends is very adept at technology. The others have gotten some support. But where they do exactly what we do, they look at each other, they talk to each other. Um, one of the adult children will provide uh, food, so they do what they would have done if they were going to a uh, restaurant or to each other's homes. And as I've observed them, I realized that what has kept this small group of friends close for all these years is complete acceptance. They love each other for who they are. They forgive each other for not being perfect. They support each other. They listen to each other. And they accept each other with open hearts and open arms. What else could you ask for from a friend? And so I want to ask you, is that the kind of friend you are? Are you open, loving, non-judgmental, honest, caring, attentive to your friends? Ask yourself that question. Do you think that you are? I've had such an interesting relationship with this notion of friends, in part because when I was young, the person I considered to be my very best friend broke my heart. And so it kind of made me close off a bit to, do I call anybody a best friend? Do I open myself up that much because someone might hurt me? I realized that that was an extreme reaction But at the time, in order to protect myself, I really shut down. Uh, And what I did, however, because I have two sisters, and my mother said, look, all you need is your family. And from the day that my younger sister, Stephanie, was born, I claimed her as mine. And if I would call anyone a best friend, it would be Stephanie. We talk just about every day, even now as adults. We were very, very close. I could tell her anything. She could tell me anything. We love each other through whatever it is and are supportive. Supportive and tender. So I know what it is to have family that is also a best friend. I also am very fortunate to have really good friends as adults. I, I'm going to say I even have more than a handful of people I would call my very close friends. And when I think about those relationships, I realize that I don't have to talk to them every day. Sometimes I don't talk to people for a long period of time. But when that closeness exists on a cellular level, It doesn't go away. It almost feels like, oh, we just picked up where we left off and everything is fine. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't tend to those friendships and perhaps tend to them more than we do. But as life happens and experiences happen, responsibilities, that our time gets used in different ways, sometimes we aren't as connected to the people that we love Uh, as we might want to, as we might want to be. But when you really feel close, at least in my life, when you rekindle that relationship, 
it feels like you just picked up the phone the next day, even if it has been a year or some other lengthy period of time. Good friends, being a good friend, to have a good friend and to be a good friend, I think is a gift. I think it's a gift that we should recognize is precious and not take for granted because it is something that I think every human being needs to feel fully loved and supported. Not somebody who's a yes person, but someone who sees the best in you. Someone who chooses to look for the highest in you, who chooses to uplift you. Sometimes that upliftment means telling a hard truth a hard truth in a way that you can hear. Sometimes that upliftment means stepping back. Like, oh, I can't do this for you. I think now's the time for you to get support in a different way. It's being honest. It's being thoughtful. It is listening. Would you call yourself a good listener? Look at an inventory of your friendships. How do you engage your friends? Do you contact them primarily when you have something you want to tell them? Do you contact them to truly find out how are they doing and listen after you ask the question? Are you the principal talker? Do you get off the phone or, or complete a connection with a friend and realize you did all the talking, you didn't learn anything about what was going on with your friend? Are you ever that person? What does it mean to be a good friend? What would you like more in your friendships? What can you offer more to your friendships? I found some incredible quotes about friendship. I'm going to share a couple of them with you. This one, really nice. True friendship comes when the silence between two people is comfortable. It's from David Tyson. I'll read it again. True friendship comes when the silence between two people is comfortable. Think about that. There is something incredibly satisfying about just being. Just being with someone, just sitting, just walking, being and not feeling like you have to fill the space with anything. Your presence is enough. That takes you feeling comfortable in your skin and you feeling comfortable in the company of that other person. True friendship comes when the silence between two people is comfortable. And you know what it feels like when it's not comfortable. When you're with someone and you're like, oh, what should we talk about now? What should we do now? This feels awkward. If you have that feeling, ask yourself why. What is it about this moment, this moment with this person? What's going on inside of me? What are we not addressing that needs to be addressed to make it uncomfortable? Is this someone who I feel comfortable letting my guard down entirely around? And I've talked about this before. Friendship 
exists on different planes. Not everybody gets to go all the way into the inner chamber. Some people are friends peripherally, and that's okay. Not everybody has to be a bestie. Some people can be more like acquaintances. You can call them friends, but that doesn't mean you completely let your guard down and invite them all the way in. I believe people must earn the entry closer and closer to your heart. And how do they do that? Because of how they treat you and how you feel when you're in their company. Are they treating you in, in the tender ways that you appreciate and need? And if they're not, don't let them in. It's really kind of simple, but this, this quote about being comfortable in silence, to get there means that you truly have nurtured that relationship and gotten to the point where both of you can let your guard down, where both of you are present and at ease. So let me give you another one because I found, found some really cool quotes. Well, here's another one about silence. This one's from Martin Luther King Jr. He said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Now, this is a different twist on silence. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. What does that mean? Let's dig into that one for a second. You know, I think that we don't always have to say everything that's on our minds. We don't always have to point out the uh, frailties, the negativities, the failures, the misgivings of other people. Sometimes we can just be quiet. A lot of times people know, oh, I didn't do so well on that. I messed up here. Being a friend is not piling it on. You sure did. I can't believe you did that. What in the world is wrong with you? Piling on every time when someone is dealing with a challenge, in my mind, is not going to be fun. And this requires subtlety of paying attention. Because I'm not saying that you should be silent if your friend needs a nudge. Be silent if you think your friend is walking down a dangerous path and there's time to, to turn, to stop, to back up. If you can be that yellow light of caution or red light at a moment that could save your friend, help your friend, then by all means, speak up. But if something has already occurred, it's happened, it's not the best thing, but there's nothing that can be done about it, why are you thinking that it's being a good friend to point it out? And usually when people point it out, they're pointing it out in judgment. And so Martin Luther King says, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I'm thinking that there's so many ways of looking at this quote. But I'm thinking that sometimes 
silence can be helpful because you let people live and heal through their challenges. Now, I'm going to take the flip side, too, because as I look at this quote, if friends are silent when you need their help, that's not good. You know, we talk a lot these days about what it means to be an ally or a bystander. And if you, as a friend, stand back and don't say or do something, when the moment calls for action, that silence is not good. That silence can be devastating. When you need an ally and your friend is stuck into silence, that can be devastating for the moment, for you, for the friendship, for the future. So Dr. King, he often said things that you could just contemplate for a long, long time. But let's go back to this quote one more time and look at it in these different ways. In the end, we will, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So the negative of that silence is being quiet, saying nothing, when the moment calls for a loud voice, when the moment calls for a voice. That silence is definite. The other type of silence of a friend can be don't pile on. You see the subtleties? In order to figure out what the moment calls for, you have to be paying attention. You have to be an active listener and observer. You have to pay close enough attention so that you can read the moment. What is the moment telling you? What is needed right now? Is silence needed because there's nothing you can do to uplift? Is silence the worst possible thing because now is the time for you to speak up and be an ally? What does the moment call for? Being an active listener, paying attention, not being selfish, but really paying attention, that to me is one of the best signs of being a good friend. Because you're being selfish, you're being there for your friend. It's not you being there for you, it's you being there for the one that you call your friend, this person's other person that you love and want to support. How do you do that when you're living your life and really most of the time we are thinking about ourselves? It's not easy. Which is why it's important for you to have time, make time for yourself, for caring for you, for tending to you. If you take care of yourself first, then you can create space for your friendship. But sometimes people are constantly giving, 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 giving to others, not caring for themselves, and therefore not necessarily in tune with what the moment calls for. All of this stuff is kind of subtle, but it ends up uh, being, it can end up being huge if you don't pay attention well. So let's look at being a good friend 
to you first? How do you take care of yourself? What do you do to tend to you? What can you do to tend to yourself better? What can you do? We know, and I've talked to, uh, well, specifically, I've recently talked to Dr. Janet Taylor. I love talking to her and working with her. She's a psychiatrist who has been doing a lot of work during this COVID period of reminding people how we can tend to our spirit, you know, take care of our mental health and our physical health. And she has said, these are obvious, but sometimes when you hear from a doctor, it helps. You have to move your body. You have to eat well. You have to drink water. You have to get enough rest. If you do those things, tending to you, it helps you to be present for others. So being a good friend to you first by taking care of yourself. And it's never too late. It's never too late to make a pivot. Oh, I'm going to tend to me better now. I am worth tender love and care that I can offer to me. How can I do it? You know me, I'm the queen of lists. Make a list, write down what is important to you, and check it off. I write on my list, drink water, because I don't always drink enough water, so I write it down. My watch tells me stand up, but it, you know you can have a device to do it, or you can remind yourself. Put it in your list. What do you need to do to tend to you? When you do those things, it makes it easier for you to feel comfortable in your skin and then to be available to those you love. You know, in this time when many of us serve as caregivers, even if it's caregiving from a distance, we often feel, oh, we have to show up for that loved one first. We have to, that is our priority. And while whoever we are serving as caregiver for needs us, if we don't take care of ourselves, it ain't going to work. Take care of you first. Create space to be there for others. Being a good friend means listening. Being a good friend means not collecting as many friends as you can. Like my mother said, it may just be a handful. But tending to those friendships, those relationships, being in touch with people, checking in to really find out how are you doing? That question, which is such an American question, how are you, how are you doing? And we feel like the answer has to be great, fine, good. But what's past that? What's past the great, fine, good? How are you doing really? How are you feeling? What are you thinking about it? Do you want to talk about anything? Creating space to be present to listen, and sometimes to just be with your friend, that you have that level of comfort with your friend that you can just be, is precious. But make sure that you listen, because sometimes in the silence, there's a lot of information. Sometimes we need to push past whatever the moment is and, and make sure that you check in. 
to see what does your friend need. I have found during this period of uh, quarantine that, as we say, is lifting. But during this period, when I have checked in with friends and just created a bit of silence, even on the phone, say, what's up, how are you doing? And then listen and not rush to fill the space with a new thought. Sometimes people open up when you create that space, even when it's on the phone. When you create the space, that moment of silence that invites a more reflective thought or a revelation. So this notion of silence and friendship, silence can be beautiful because it means you're comfortable. Silence can create the opportunity for one or both of you to go deeper and to have revelations that you can explore together. Silence can mean that you're being a bystander, not an ally. It, cannot, it can be bad. Silence can be good when it means you're not piling on at a time when your friend really needs upliftment, not fingerprint. It's subtle. It's not one way. It requires paying attention so you can read the moment and figure out what is this moment calling for. And by the way, I believe a very important part of being a good friend is forgiveness. If you are close to someone, chances are there have been moments over time when that person has said or done something that's hurtful. It is not possible to continue in a relationship when something hurtful has occurred and to stay close without forgiving that person and yourself for being flawed. Now, sometimes the offense may be so egregious that you need to rethink the friendship. But usually, it is, if you can recognize that that person who you consider to be a friend is imperfect, is flawed, had a bad day, didn't understand the impact of what he or she was doing or saying, but you know deep down inside that person loves you and cares about you, then you can forgive that person. Without forgiveness, I don't even know if it's possible to have true friendship. I'm not sure. Because we don't do everything right in every moment. That's where, going back to the silence uh, idea, you don't need to pile on you can recognize, okay, this is a flawed moment. You can acknowledge this wasn't the highest moment in our friendship, in your behavior, my behavior. But we can choose to forgive each other and move forward. Now, that means letting go of whatever it is, because if you just keep whatever that experience is in your back pocket. When you get mad, 
you pull it out, you know that doesn't work. You can recognize behavior patterns, but don't hold on. Don't have grudges. Replace the grudge with love and forgiveness. Let the silence around that be that you have you've allowed it to dissipate. Whatever that negativity is, you've allowed it to dissipate and move on. See, that's part why I think my mother's been able to have friends. One one friend has been her close friends since they were four years old, and they are 91. You know they've been through a whole lot. They have loved each other through it. They have forgiven each other for being fallible. They have chosen to see the highest in each other, even in dark moments. That's possible for all of us. They've chosen to be silent when piling on would just be hurtful. They've chosen to speak up when somebody needed an advocate. This is what we can choose. So I want you all to think about how you show up as a friend. How do you show up for yourself? Do you treat yourself like a good friend? And how do you show up for the people in your life who you consider to be your friends, your true friends? And can you refine that? Can you become a better listener? Can you become more loving, more forgiving, more thoughtful, more attentive? Think about it and choose a friend today who you will nurture that relationship more with that friend. Just choose one for today. I think if you do it, you'll, you'll find that you have the capacity to experience more joy because the joy, the attentiveness that you offer to that friend will be reflected back to you. And that creates joy and more joy. So I hope that you are inspired to be the best friend that you can be to you and to those you love. I wish you all the greatness that your heart can hold. And until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.